This is the Silver Wolf Owl. I am Angela and today we're discussing letters of demand. In our service highlight segment for this month, we are talking about a letter of demand. And um, I dragged Noel into studio today <laughs> to um, pick his brain and um, just to get a little more clarity on it and the service that we offer. Hi, Noel. Hi, everybody. Hi, Angela. Thank you for the welcome. Uh, yes, I am going to be talking about letters of demand and particularly as they are in the South African context. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. What is a letter of demand? It is a very carefully set up letter, and by that I mean it is the, the form and the, the way that it is laid out is very thoroughly dictated, if you would like to put it that way, by several different Acts of Parliament, ranging from the um, Magistrates' Court Act to the NCA, um, that is the, and the Consumer Protection Act as well. So there's a whole lot of different laws that come into this thing. And without a letter of demand, under the South African law system, without a letter of demand, being served or being pretty much successfully received by the intended recipient, no civil case can proceed. So it is literally the single most important document next to the document that follows it, which is a summons. Okay, so this is the start of the process. And it sounds like it's quite important, so you need to get it right. So... Do you need to go to a lawyer to have it done or um, is there someone else that could do it or how does that work? What options do you have there? There are essentially two different types of letter of demand. In the small claims court, you can write it up yourself, but even there you are given the assistance of a trained clock because there are certain elements that have to be in the letter of demand. Uh, and... Those elements cannot be left out. The moment you leave those things out, it affects the case going down the line. When it comes to a magistrate's court or higher letter of demand, it is just absolutely essential that an attorney does it. Because they are qualified in these things, and they know all the elements that have to go into them. As soon as you leave an element out, it could affect or even completely negate your case going down the line. Okay, so you have to be very careful about the contents and the wording, etc. So it's, it's advisable then to just have the attorney draw it up for you or someone who knows what they're doing. I cannot stress that strongly enough. So who receives this? It gets sent to all the parties that are being sued in the particular lawsuit in question. So there would literally be one copy going to each of the affected persons that are to be defendants in the matter. Okay, so we've got the letter drawn up by the attorney. We have the defendant or defendants in the matter. How does it get from the one to the other? How does it get received? Is it posted or delivered? So generally, the attorneys have got a couple of different ways of doing it. One is to send it via the post office via registered mail. This is because registered mail requires a signature. The problem 
with that in South Africa at the moment is that the South African post office is failing us in general. So these letters are getting lost, they are getting mislaid, they are just all sorts of things are happening to them, they're not getting to the people on time, even those that are getting delivered. Then we have the serious issue of there being no postal delivery service in large tracts of South Africa. So it is just not possible to get these letters to these defendants in that way. The second option is via email, and that has to be done in very specific ways, very careful ways, if you would like to put it that way. Uh, and again, there has to be a relative certainty that the person has actually received it and read it on the other side. The third option is via Sheriff of the Court. Now, for this to take place, the address has to be even more accurate than if you sent it via mail. It has to be a very clear street address that very clearly indicates the location of the building at which it is to be served. Now, other people other than a sheriff may, according to the rules of court, serve this letter in the same way. And this is where we come in, frankly. But that person has to be properly trained and has to do it according to the rules. If you don't, then again, you will interfere with the process down the line to the point where you may actually cause the defendants to be able to have a point of defense which can get the matter overturned. So another important step in the whole process. So you mentioned that Silverwolf um, or people like us could do this um, service of the letter of demand. Explain more about that. So we will literally collect the original letter of demand from the attorney's office. We will take it to the person. We will explain the contents of the letter, the rules of courts use the words, they say we are to explain the nature and exigency of the document that we are serving, which means have to explain what the document is, that's the nature, and the exigency means how it affects the person's life. So we have to tell the person what their options are, what they need to do, how they need to react to the receiving of this letter of demand. Then we ask them to sign for receipt of their copy of the letter. Some people refuse, that is allowed, but the letter has still been served on them successfully, regardless of whether they actually sign. What we then do is we then provide a photograph of one of us serving the letter on the person involved. We then make out a report, or in many cases an affidavit, what we call an affidavit of service, and we return the original together with the affidavit of service and a report stating how the matter was served, how the document was served, forgive me. All right, so once the person's received the letter, what are their options? Um, I'm sure a lot of people get this and they get scared and don't know what to do with it and, and a lot of the time just ignore it. I know it goes away, but it doesn't actually... So what are the options? What can they do? So the answer to that is really dependent upon 
what their real involvement was in the original case, whether they feel, in other words, that they should defend the matter or whether they simply know that they owe the money that is being claimed. The options are as follows. They can either give the matter to their attorney and their attorney can contact the prosecuting attorneys and come to some kind of settlement or arrangement, or they can send the prosecuting attorneys a counter letter, an answer, a reply, saying that their client is not guilty because of X, Y, Z, A, B, and C points, and that gives the prosecuting attorney the option of suggesting to their client that they either withdraw their claim or that they proceed, in which case they would proceed to a summons. The other option is simply for the defendant to make arrangements of some kind to pay the amount that's been claimed, in which case the matter would be settled or paid off over a period. Okay, it sounds easy enough and not as scary as I'm sure some people think it to be. So a letter of demand is basically a start of a conversation, um, if I could put it that way, from what you've explained now. And um, then the defendant needs to just respond and um, continue the conversation until this matter is settled. Is that an appropriate summary of what you've been explaining? That's absolutely correct. And there are several different ways in which you can decide to reply. The single most important aspect of this, though, to the defendant is that the defendant must reply. Don't ignore it. It has to be dealt with, otherwise it's not going to go away. So what happens if I do ignore it? If I just panic and throw it in the bin and pretend that it doesn't exist, what actually happens next? Then unfortunately it gets a bit rough because the next thing, next person that you're going to see is the sheriff of the court coming to your door with a summons. Um, and that's when things start getting serious because that's summons is essentially... Um, it's called a summons commencing action. and or com- Some of them are called combined summons, which is one and the same thing. It, it, it commences an action in, in a court of law. So that's when things start getting fairly rough. It becomes a bit of a fight at that point. And that's something that most people, I think, would like to avoid. So bottom line, take care of it when you get the letter. Yeah, and it sounds like at this letter of demand stage, there's um, an air of, okay, let's talk about this. Whereas when it gets to summons, it's a bit more, um, you know, (laughs) room for negotiation has been um, thrown out the window. It's more the start of a fight, isn't it? That's exactly right. At the the summons stage, it's a fight. It's, It's like, it's the the plaintiff saying to the defendant sorry guys now i'm going for you you had your chance and now you've had it mate as an old friend of my grandfather would put it <laughs> let's talk about the benefits of using silver wolf to serve a letter of demand um what benefits do attorneys have going this route for several reasons one is that you've got a very very high percentage chance that your letter is actually going to find the person that it's meant to find. Um, But also, it's that thing of where we explain the nature and the exigency of the document to the person when we do meet them. 
That is absolutely vital. It puts them at their ease. It it helps them to understand what they need to do next. And in 90% of cases, that goes a long way towards solving the case in one way or another. So very, very important. It creates a communication channel that possibly wasn't there before. When people just receive a letter without anything else, without somebody explaining what's going on, they do generally just tend to toss the letter out or put it aside and oh i'll take care of it at some point but when you've got somebody that actually explains it somebody that's knowledgeable that explains it to you and hands it over to you properly you've got that communication channel that's opened up the certainty of the way we do things in terms of we really tie it up with absolute proof that the person has received the document is also absolutely vital. There are many other ways of serving this document that are not as certain, but the way we do it, a magistrate cannot argue with what we've done. I think that that is quite an important part of this whole process is having that certainty that your letter is being served properly and effectively and um, it's not just uh, you know almost unknown what happens when it goes to uh, the postal service will it arrive there won't it um, so the way attorneys could actually contact us and say um, how far is this letter or we give them um, updates on on our ideas and also for the person receiving it they actually have somebody there that they can say okay what is this and what can I do with it if that's you know their question um, I mean a postman is not going to be able to answer that type of question for them so so those are the benefits then quite correct and I mean like for example one of the questions that we get asked over and over again is Oh my goodness, what are my options? What, uh, as we say in Afrikaans, what stand my no to do? And we can explain because there are various legal options that are open to the person receiving the letter, the defendant. Another thing that I tend to think is that having somebody hand deliver it to, you know, the defendant, that they would take it a little bit more seriously then, you know, just finding this letter in their post box that was delivered by a postman. Don't you think so? Serious and also a far more personalized touch, um, which people tend to understand to a far greater degree than just a piece of paper that landed in an envelope inside their post box. Okay, so does Silva will serve all letters of demand or just certain ones? Uh, absolutely all. The, all the letters of demand that you get under South African law are within the ambit of civil law rather than criminal or other types of law. And we serve them all. Um, there are various different types. There's the Section 29 rental one. Uh, there's the Section 129, which is the um, your your normal letter of demand for a normal debt. There's a small claims court one. We serve them all. We have no problem with that. Okay, that's great. So we've covered what the letter is, who draws it up, who receives it, what the person who receives it can do, what their options are, um, the service that Solwolf offers in delivering it effectively, so thank you so much for clearing all of that up, for highlighting everything and for joining me today and explaining all of this to everyone. A near pleasure. 
thank you very much for your time and uh, goodbye to the listeners.